Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together today. I have revealed your name to the men you gave me out of the world. They belonged to you, and you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they understand that everything you have given me comes from you, because I have given them the words you have given me. They accepted them and really understand that I come from you, and they believed that you sent me. I am praying on behalf of them. I am not praying on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those you have given me, because they belong to you. Everything I have belongs to you, and everything you have belongs to me, and I have been glorified by them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them safe in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are one. When I was with them, I kept them safe and watched over them in your name that you have given me. Not one of them was lost except the one destined for destruction, so that the scripture could be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I am saying these things in the world, so that they may experience my joy completed in themselves." I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but that you would keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Set them apart in the truth. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world, and I set myself apart on their behalf, so that they too may be truly set apart. I was a sophomore in college, and I had a group of friends that I considered my brothers, and we were ridiculous. We'd call out to each other across the campus. We'd prank each other. We'd play our music too loud. We'd tease the girls our buddies were trying to flirt with. We'd stay up till 3 a.m. playing board games. We'd stay up till 3 a.m. playing video games. We'd stay up, well, we just, we just stayed up a lot. In the second semester of our sophomore year, there was a problem, and the problem was that everyone was getting girlfriends. This was an issue because it distracted them from the brotherhood. They didn't have time to stay up anymore. They couldn't eat dinner with us. If they did go to the cafeteria, the girl would always tag along and ruin everything. So we made a new rule. Tuesday night was now boys night. We would eat together, then return to the dorm and participate in all kinds of shenanigans without any interruptions from the girls. One of the rules of boys night was that you were not allowed to talk to girls. You weren't allowed to talk to them on the phone. You weren't allowed to talk to them at dinner. You weren't even supposed to acknowledge their presence. Girls did not exist on Tuesday nights. This led to some pretty hilarious situations. Cedarville was about 3,000 students at the time. When we went to supper at 5 p.m., the cafeteria was packed. People were everywhere. The only place we could sit together was on the upper level. So try to imagine it, 15 college sophomore men all walking together into the cafeteria. We put our noses in the air and our mouths on lockdown. If a girl talked to us, we completely ignored her. If we got in line and there was a female friend of ours, we couldn't say hi. If we bumped into someone, there was no excuse me or sorry if they were female. And it got crazy. Word soon got out about our rules and about boys night and girls started looking forward to Tuesday night. Not because they got a break from us, but because they wanted to see if they could get us to break the rule. They'd come up behind us in the food line and tap us on the shoulder to see if they could catch us in a weak moment. We'd be trying to eat our dinner, and all the girls we knew would come and sit at our table and ask us questions, trying to get us to say something to them. We'd just put our eyes on our plate and eat as fast as we could. One time, I made a dangerous move. 
I went for seconds. Going to get food was the worst part because there was so much mingling that went on at the food lines. I'd already survived my first trip, but I decided to take a second. When I returned, my buddies all threw me under the bus. They falsely accused me of breaking the rule and talking with a female. I had done no such thing. I had maintained my allegiance to the Brotherhood, but they wouldn't listen to my protest. If you want to participate in the rest of Boys' Night, proclaimed Mike, the leader, then you must stand there on the balcony of the second level and yell as loud as you can, My name is Jonathan Brocious, and I talked to a girl. (laughs) I did it. I went to the edge of the balcony and screamed out as loud as I could. The entire student body got quiet and stared at me. It was so embarrassing, but I earned my way back into the brotherhood. Why? Why would I do something so ridiculous and completely embarrassing? Why would I choose to make a fool of myself in front of the entire school? Because I belonged to the boys, because they had my allegiance. They were important to me. I looked at the embarrassment of that whole action and said, yeah, it's worth it. In John 17, I noticed that the word belong shows up several times in the middle paragraph. Jesus is praying about his disciples, and I believe he's also praying about us. And he mentions how we belonged to God, and God gave us to Jesus. Jesus kept us safe and kept us from the evil one. And now, as he is about to leave and return to his father, he prays that God would keep us safe. But he doesn't just pray that God would keep us safe. He prays that God would keep us safe in his name. That made me pause for a little bit. What would it mean to be safe in God's name? Obviously, Jesus was not referring to physical safety. Most of the people in the room with him when he prayed that prayer died a violent death. Instead, I think Jesus was referring back to the idea of belonging. He wanted God to keep us belonging to him. He didn't want Satan to get our souls. And then he talked about how the world hates us because we no longer belong to the world. The world hated Jesus, and now it hates us. Jesus prays not that we would be removed from the world, but that we would be safe, even though we have to endure the hatred. It's fascinating. And what does it mean for us? It means that Jesus desperately wants us to belong with him. He values our souls and wants to be with us. This is the reason that he endured the cross and the grave, so that we could belong together with him and with God. We could share an intimacy that's impossible to find in any human relationship. In this crazy world where everyone wants to find a place or an identity to belong to, Jesus is crying out to God, begging that we would belong with him. Jesus wants you. Jesus wants me. He wants us so badly that he looked at the cross and said, yeah, it's worth it. And that's hard to understand. Let's pray. Lord, I am overcome with gratitude. Thank you for wanting to be with me. Thank you for wanting to belong with me and wanting me to belong to you. God, that's my desire too. I want to belong to Jesus and to the Father. I reject my membership to the world. I do not want to belong to the world, even though I'm in it. I treasure my relationship with you instead. A couple things for you to think about as we close today. In what ways have you experienced the hatred of the world because you belong to Jesus? And what does it mean to you that God desires 
to be with you so badly? And what is your response to this prayer of Jesus this Easter season? Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time.